All right, so let's go ahead and jump straight into LeBron's comments about being the GOAT. So he claims that he is the GOAT now uh, due to what he's done uh, just these past few years going against the Warriors. Lamar, tell me how you feel about this. Well, first of all, I always have felt that GOATs don't claim their GOATness to to form our own adjective. Uh, People who are the GOAT at whatever they do, let their legacy speak for itself. MJ never called himself the GOAT. Bill Russell never called himself the GOAT. Magic Johnson never called himself the GOAT. Larry Bird never called himself the GOAT. It's just not something you see done often. Now, if LeBron actually feels that way, I respect his, you know, he has the right to do that. I respect his viewpoint. But you have to look at what he's claiming made him the GOAT. He's claiming that beating the 2016 Warriors, coming back from 3-1 down, made him the GOAT. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I feel that to be the GOAT, you have to have at least, at, at the very least, a 500, um, 500 finals record. Finals. Yeah, in the finals. Somebody brought up a really good point about this. Had he made the shot that was the shot that Kyrie made, it would be a better – he would have a better leverage in this argument. But because he didn't, it kind of takes away from it. Yeah, yeah. no, Not to take away from his greatness or anything, but – he that that it is what it is right there. He he wasn't the one that sealed the game for them with the block. You could you could make the case for the block, but no, it definitely felt like to be able to do it from both sides. It definitely felt like more of a shared effort from Kyrie and LeBron for like forming as a union than just LeBron taking over. And I've noticed some revisionism from LeBron fans saying that it was just all LeBron. And it was never really that. Kyrie was a big part of that series. And Kyrie's offensive ability let, you know, allowed LeBron to kind of be a defensive force. You know, we all know that LeBron has, you know, sometimes he just takes off from either from one side of the ball so he can focus on the other. And while he was still a great distributor and a great ball handler, and, and obviously he's going to get his buckets. Uh, Kyrie being there, the same way Dwayne Wade was with uh, LeBron in Miami allows him to be a little more aggressive on the other side of the ball. And that's that's fair. What do you think? Who's your goal in basketball, I should say? Well, it definitely depends. Like, I, I, won't, I won't deny that he's the most talented player we've ever seen in the league. I mean, his physique is match his speed, his uh, verticality, um, and to an extent, his shot at the moment, uh, not early on in his career. But if we're talking about the greatest player of all time, meaning competitive, winning, um, athleticism, all of that wrapped up into one package, it would have to go to Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant right after that. If we're going to talk mentality, you would talk Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. Yeah. If you're going to talk like passing uh, you would have to give it to Magic Johnson, uh, Pistol Pete, Steve Nash, and to an extent, Larry Bird. Yeah, I mean, he was a great passer. I, but I guess the biggest thing that muddies up the goat conversation is what people consider to be the goat. 
I, I, you and I think more like what we think is the goat. We, it's not just one thing; it's a culmination of a lot of factors. Um. So my thing about that is everybody always puts goat into a very um. It, it it's very unfortunate that they do this. It's kind of like the uh, if you don't have a championship, you're not a great player type deal. Right. Um, they they kind of put it into one category, and one of the biggest categories is oh he had to have averaged like thirty something a game or or something absurd like that. But if we're going to talk about greatest player of all time, um, it can't just be about winning rings because Bill Russell wasn't uh, his field goal percentage and everything wasn't that great. Right. Right. His defense was, but. Um, you know, he had teammates to keep himself afloat as far as uh, offensively. But greatest winner of all time, I can have, we, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. he, he has more rings than he does fingers. That, that's just, that's just there. That, yeah, but that's then, a, that's a fact. Right. And that, that brings up a really good point of what, what criteria must you meet to make goat status, well, and it, it's very yeah, but I I think it, it's all about getting together and and like pushing everybody to the same standard because I think two championships is minimum for goat status. I would say that's fair. I, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> I guess it's different for different sports too. You know what I mean? But strictly basketball, it's a hard it's a hard thing to bring up. Right. And then you gotta get into positionals. I mean, I know we're currently in the age of positionless basketball, but um, as far as uh, people will always bring up, well, you know, what position was he or uh, well, he had an easier time because his competition was less. So if we brought up like the rope comparisons or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe say uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird comparisons, yeah. it, it, it'd be like, oh, what was their competition at the time? Oscar Robertson was playing against bums or something like that. So no matter what, you'll always get you'll always get that backlash. Yeah, but, but which is really unfortunate. It 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 always sucks because there's always a lot of revisionism in those kind of statements. Um, yeah, and uh, you get a lot of um, uh, homestands, <laughs> Channel Sharp, uh, <laughs> saying certain things about one player. Like uh, you know, praising LeBron, but then when another player gets brought up in the same light, not necessarily like you know as skilled, but um, just using like a same example, he'll always go, but but he didn't do this, this, and that, which really had nothing relevant. Yeah, to with no, it. no relevance. I.e., uh, man of the year type deal or athlete oh, of the year. Oh man! Oh man! So that that that's just. I thought you were uh, going to. Bring up the, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that uh, sometimes people use competition from different eras to try to uh, undercut well, other others' greatness. For example, well, that Shannon, too. That's true. Shannon Sharp making the, uh, you know, 
when did MJ beat anybody with beat a team for Hall of Famers? Mm-hmm. I mean, when did LeBron? My answer is never. And and well, yeah, you can't <laughs> make a case for Draymond just unless he gets his. Uh, you think Clay's automatic? Shooting. No, no, no. The only there are only two guys that are first battle home. Right. And one is the greatest shooter of all time, and the other is one of the greatest greatest scorers. You know, overall. Well, yeah, straight up, Kevin Durant is probably one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen. I mean, there's no lie in that. But I guess we've uh, spent enough on this topic. But um, speaking of Kevin Durant, so um, that overtime loss a few, uh, probably about a week ago against the Rockets, uh, they went into overtime. And there was, uh, there was one play that stood out to everybody, which was the uh, – during overtime, there was a specific play where the ball was going out of bounds, and Kevin Durant clearly took three steps out of bounds before, in quotation marks, saving it. Now, there has got to be a time when a ref does their job unblindly. That was not one of those times that they did a good job. That was one of those times where they were a fan of the game and just spectating while they were on the floor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they were doing the bird box challenge, as Chris Paul said on Twitter so eloquently. <laughs> um, it, I, I just don't – I don't know. <laughs> and like he, he was clearly the, all the way – he was even near the seats by the time he oh, made that yeah. dive, which makes no sense yeah. to me. Um, and to, to connect that into something else – when Steph tried to pull um, James Harden's patented uh, famous, you know, step back. Double step back. The double step back, um, which I know you said you watched some film on and, and said people are overreacting to most of it. He, When he got called for the travel, he then tried to put up 1-3 on the front of his jersey, which Kinda ended up backwards. being 31. Yeah, yeah, he did it backwards. <laughs> ended up being 31. But how can you complain about calls when you're getting called? You know, how how can you complain about referees when you're getting calls like that? Yeah, I'll say the Warriors do get uh, do get a lot of calls. But um, speaking of the double step back, did you know that Kyrie did it against Harden on himself? Yes, like he yes. Gave Harden a yes. dose of his own medicine, and he didn't get called for it. And James Harden looked back and said, "Where's the travel?" So, now, yeah, isn't so, so. that some type of stuff? Hard and self-aware. He, know, he knows what's going down. Yeah, but um, going back to back to actually that video of James Harden doing uh, the step back. So a lot of times he actually doesn't travel, but he does that move so often that I guess the refs just turn a blind eye to it and don't realize that he, he'll be doing a double step back, meaning that he could get away with it while in plain sight just because if somebody does something so much, they tend to let you get away with it. Yeah. I.e. Draymond Green kicking people, um, 
or doing some uh, demonstrative uh, demonstrative complaining, whereas other people can have the same attitude and get a tech, but he won't. I thought you were going to bring up LeBron hanging on the rim. Well, that leads to this, then. Um, st- sticking with the Rockets, um, let- let's go with the Clint Capella hanging on the rim thing. Uh, refs were against us. Yeah, wide. That, that was against us, too. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was a BS technical. Yeah, uh, oh, I think you'd agree with that. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he, he he barely hung on the rim, but when LeBron does it, he he automatically gets passed. I understand that a timeout was called right after that, but regardless of the fact, he should still have been called for a technical. Then no, I, I understand it. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say. The, the way they interpret those rules is just so – it's so funny. It's just obviously so biased because I've seen even Kyrie uh, – not Kyrie. Uh, I've even seen Curry do stuff like that where the few occasions he does, he just drapes on the rim for a few seconds. That's never been a problem. So why is it a problem now for Clint Capella? Yeah, yeah and – and it's very subjective. It, it's subjective between refs. So, like, can, can we have a definitive, like, count? Like, like you know, the three-second rule in the paint, even though that's not really implemented anymore, except for a few times out of the out of the games or every few games. Well, um, well, it, it, is, well. it is for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, he, he got away with so much. But um, anyways, uh, can we get, like, a definitive time frame of how long you can hang on the rim because I understand like uh, I'm a Thunder fan and I see Paul George doing it all the time I see I see uh, Hamadou Diallo do it all the time I see Jeremy Grant do it all the time so by no means am I just saying it just for my team to get an advantage but I want definitive answers for what is a technical for hanging on the rim because you see the same you see people on the other team doing the same exact thing except for longer and it's to the point where why are you guys calling it differently when you're in the same game yeah so refereeing has become absolutely subjective it's always been subjective but it's becoming more and or less and less definitive what i think off what i think all fans should do is now i don't know if you really know this but um in um the the soccer subreddit and soccer subreddits shall i say like the barca subreddit there are tier levels for um their tier levels for who is the most who are the most um trustworthy journalists than, you know, like no, nobody trusts the sun. Nobody trusts the sun in soccer news because they just make up stuff. So you know that they're a low tier, no credibility type informative journalist. Okay. I think that fans should start judging uh, um, referees like that. And that way when a, a bad call happens or a really just absurd call um, the fans can know what referees are likely to call BS. I just think it, it, I just think it would be helpful for a lot of fans 
Um, so because a lot of fans, it, it's it's not a bad idea until I, I would like to see that tried, but I don't know if that will ultimately be a good idea. I guess the thing is, you would need unbiased fans. You would need third party fans. Yeah, and that, that that's very true. Oh, man. All right. So uh, I guess, I guess going into, uh, I guess continuing with refs and uh, kind of playing off of that. Um, how do you feel about the t- last two minute uh, report? I think we've talked about it before, but I'm going to say it one more time. It does nothing. All it does is make fans mad. When you see the last two minute report and see that, you know, your player was fouled or there was no foul or just something that you knew you saw and that everybody saw with you on TV and to see them confirm what you had accurately called just be reversed or not reversed is, is frustrating. And it does nothing except put targets on referees' backs, make people more irritated, make people not want to watch games, and make people want to heckle referees more. Well, see, the point of you bringing up the refer- uh, the heckling of the referees or painting a target on their back, that's what I kind of feel would happen uh, depending on the situation or how how fans would react to uh, what you just brought up earlier about... Uh, a tier system? Uh, yes. Now, that, that is true. So it, it, it just... It, just uh, it really depends on how these fans would react. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that is true. It's just it feels like there's not enough accountability with refs. That's yeah, my biggest and, problem. Um, I, I think like towards the end of the year, they they should be able to come out with like a uh, a, a list of compilations of the two minute warning, because at that point everybody would have forgotten about which game it was or um, how far in the season they were. And they just come out with the ones that they did very wrong and take accountability for it. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Or just have the NBA ref Twitter go through it and just go from there. The NBA ref Twitter is really good. Yeah, yeah I really like the way they handle things. They don't just, you know, they don't just throw stuff out there. They explain why things get called the way they get called. Yeah, they, they dissect everything. And that's why I would – like if even if I thought like a block was a charge, one of the harder things to gauge uh, in the NBA, I would I would definitely uh, I would definitely take their word for it. Not only that, they're professionals; they know more than I do for that that type of stuff. But I guess uh, we've we've gone on to that uh, too long. Um, so a big part of our show so far has been the Rockets and. Um, I got to say, during the stretch, we thought the Rockets were not going to succeed as much as they have. And, in fact, they've kind of flipped it around and kind of proved everybody wrong. Outside of possibly Rockets fans. Harden has been amazing, hasn't he? Yep. MVP caliber. I I know – on the last show we did, we we said that they'd probably lose most of those games. 
And uh, well, in reality, they've only really lost to Portland so far. Yes, yes, you're right. They have Harden has been playing out of his mind, and it really makes me think what's going to happen when CP3 comes back. See, I think I told you this, um, like just off air and off the record, but I did tell you that I was afraid of Harden, uh, solo Harden, even though I came up with. Uh, they might they might lose the majority of their games. Yeah, yeah, that that was all you. And I mean, and I that's and I, I know I, I I've seen what Harden could do firsthand uh, by himself. And him playing point guard was the year he was. So year really, one really successful. Yeah. No, uh, he won it last year. So Chris Paul was there already, but um, it's well, the year but, that he competed with Russ, like. Hand in hand, that, but they were still running like a dual, uh, a dual point guard system. I would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's uh, he's something else. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so let's move from there. Uh, so let's go into some. Uh, controversial topics. Uh, this Pat Can I pick the first situation. one? Oh, okay, Pat McCall. Pat McCall. Um, I don't know, man. I look. I, I like confidence as much as the next guy, and I'm always, you know, bet on yourself. But man, he he just took it to an extreme. Yeah, he he took so. he, t- he took the bet on yourself to an extreme that I've never really seen done before. Considering he wasn't really established, well, considering he wasn't established, and look at the team he was playing for. Now, if if this was a championship team, and like you know, it was a championship team when, um, you know, when he first got there, and then they started to fall apart or whatever, that's one thing. But um, it wasn't like that at all. They have yeah. consistent. He's been he's around some of the greatest players in the world all the time, and yet he still wants to go bet on himself and go. He signed with Cleveland. He signed with Cleveland, and that says a lot to in my opinion. Yeah. So to to go over the the scope of the topic, uh, and I'm I'm sure most of you guys know if you guys are listening to this, uh, Pat McCaw kind of took it upon himself to uh, to not sign back with the Warriors. A two-year, I believe, was a uh, five-point, uh, roughly $6 million contract. Uh, I believe it was non-guaranteed, though. I think that's why he didn't take it. But uh, instead of taking that and playing with the Warriors and having meaningful minutes, he decides to sit out as a uh, restricted was he a free agent at the time? Yeah. Uh, uh, any, anyways, he, he was restricted. Yes, um, yes, he was. A, he was a restricted free agent because okay, the um, the he was restricted because uh, Golden State had forty eight hours. Was it to match Cleveland's offer sheet? Right, and then Cleveland decided to uh, offer him two years, six million, which. They then said, no, we're going to get rid of you. And 
then signed Cameron Payne. And now he's with the Toronto Raptors for 478000 Yeah, like 700 something thousand, which is great money, but NBA standards says otherwise. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, that's, that's horrible for NBA standards. Yeah, I so I, I don't know what to make of that situation because now the Cleveland Cavaliers are being investigated by the league. I'm, I'm not sure what proof they'll find from it. I'm sure I'm sure them losing three out of four finals in the previous four years. Um, I'm sure they'll take that into consideration. Well, I mean, the fact is you don't sign a player with the intent to just let him go. You know, it's one thing if they would have made a trade for him, but they just signed him just to let him go. Yeah, and then they and, wanted, and then they wanted to sign him after, um, after letting him go. It was obvious there was some fishing that's going on, and they just didn't want to admit to it. Yeah, it could have been out of spite, but who knows? Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious, and what will happen in this situation where? The Cavaliers could either owe pretty much his whole salary of six million dollars up to, um, or possibly lose their shot at, say, Zion Williamson. Williamson or RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish. Pick your poison. But yeah, they have at least the, the rate they're going right now. They have a chance to draft almost whoever they want. And I'm talking about them. I want to talk about Kawhi, man. Huh. Oh, Straight for it. Jump into it. He got booed by his own people. You know, he he won them a finals. He he was their finals MVP. I mean, I guess this is different. But but okay, if KD had won y'all a championship and then you know had his problems, would you have still booed him? Given the same situation, exact um, exact same situation. I won't. Uh, I could understand why the boos would happen. I personally wouldn't boo him. Um, per- I was on the boat. Uh, I know the Thunder subreddit was all over. Like, yeah, we should boo him to death. But for me, um, it was never about really booing him. I would just like, yeah, it's a Warriors game. It's another game. It's against the Warriors, which was pretty much our rivals at that point. But for me, I would. It's 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 another game, and I I know it's hard to uh, I know it's hard to swallow, because you know it's it's really not just another game, but at the end of the day, like he went to the team that beat us in the game that mattered. Yeah. So I, I can't really say I would uh, boo him, but I I would more or less try to ignore him unless they reached the point of magnitude. Uh where we were about to hit the finals. So, no, I, I wouldn't have booed him myself. I didn't I didn't necessarily boo him when he came came back. Like, I mean, I'm in Ohio right now, or I was in Wisconsin at the time. I couldn't really boo him from there. But I, even if I were in the stands, I wouldn't have booed him, I don't think. Now, do you think this – I think this goes into a further discussion about do players owe fans anything? Um, depends on how you look at it. I think that they owe them to put it to play as well as they can. Because every 
like you're getting revenue from that. That's how you're getting your revenue. Right, right. Now, I'm not going to go as far as say, oh, um, they should do everything they can to appease the fan. Um, I think they just owe it to all fans to try to play well and to themselves as well. You don't think that when you've been at a team for like a while that maybe you take things that have happened negatively in your career professionally, you don't uh, maybe just stay there for a year or two longer to see if it goes well? That, that's always a difficult one. I mean, I, I guess you could put the Kevin Durant situation in the same boat, kind of, because everybody was saying the Russell Westbrook thing was going on, albeit I don't quite believe that. Um, but so, say that was true. Say that, you know, he wanted to further his career because Russell wasn't passing the ball enough to him. Let, let, let's just say for, for the sake of it that that was the case. Right. Um, I couldn't blame him for leaving. And I couldn't blame him for leaving for that reason. But I would blame him, as I still do, for leaving for who he wants to, essentially. So at that point, it's it it becomes a case by case. Okay, yeah. So so okay. So you think it's more about the t- the way and the team they leave to? Yeah, it's circumstantial. Um, so say like uh, how Vince Carter left. That wasn't or how Vince Carter left the Raptors. I don't think yeah. that was the best way of doing it. Um, how LeBron left the Cavs the first time, I understood it. And I was one of the first people to say if uh, if he didn't accept that or if he did go to Miami and create his own team, that, that would kind of be stupid of him. Um, my biggest thing with that is uh, he made us watch an hour-long special, kind of similar to what Paul George did, kind of made us – watch a special on ESPN to tell us where he was going. But the boys now, and Paul George didn't necessarily do that, but Paul George made us watch a documentary, which was kind of over the top. But hey, yes, to, to bring up that second point that you were just about to bring up, LeBron did do a good deed in <laughs> the, boys uh, and girls the profits to the Boys and Girls Club. So I do commend him on that. So his <laughs> intent was his intent was very good. His yeah, exactly. Wasn't the best. I, I mean, I, I mean, he. I I don't know if I can say that it was negative just because of that, because he milked a a long situation for the boys and girls club, and he got it done. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't go into the aftermath of uh, of getting the guy at ESPN that allowed this fired, or coming up with the idea, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's 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 whatever. It, it is what it is. I don't. I, they they definitely shouldn't have booed Kawhi. I I wouldn't boo Kawhi. We're talking about the Spurs now. So you wouldn't have booed Kawhi then? No, because of who he went to. If, if, okay. You know, unless there, unless there's something I don't know, you know, Spurs and Toronto fans don't have some kind of beef. Okay, so um, let me ask you this: If personally, I well, I think Kawhi should be booed because it's his body, and if you really did 
get injured. I'm sorry. Uh, if he really did get injured and their staff was just being really negligible about it, um, I'd have to side with the player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I don't blame Kawhi for that at all. I can see why they said uh, or why they booed him, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have called him a traitor or anything. He wasn't he wasn't a traitor. I mean, every everybody that's unhappy will go into something like this. I don't think Minnesota's going to call Jimmy Butler a traitor when he shows back up. You don't think they'll boo him at all for you know? I, I think they'll boo him, but I don't think they'll call him a traitor. I mean, I could be very wrong, but I don't think they'll call him a traitor. Probably call him some other obscene thing. But yeah, traitor to me implies that you didn't really try your all, and instead you kind of point shaped for the other team, which I don't think Jimmy Butler is about at all. No, he's too competitive for that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, while we're on this topic of Minnesota, uh, let's get into uh, the Tibbs firing. Uh, and, uh, I thought it was going to happen a lot sooner than it did. In fact, I thought he was going to be the one to leave before Jimmy did. I mean, there's not much to say outside of that. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, as soon as I heard that, as soon as I saw who the bull, or the Timberwolves, I might as well say the Bulls. I gave it yeah. away, but I might as well have said the Bulls. As soon as I saw who they were looking to hire, it, it, are they just trying to be Chicago? Should they just move to Chicago? Should they move to? <laughs> well, I mean, they've had a lot of shared history as of recently. So, I mean, I mean, both teams share uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, D. Rose Gibson, D. Rose, Zach Levine. Uh, Tibbs. Now they're talking about yep Tibbs. Now they're talking about Fred Hoiberg. It, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting exhausting. It, it really is getting exhausting. I've never seen. Oh, uh, not to mention, uh, uh, no, never mind, never mind. But yeah, it, it's getting exhausting. I was going to say Jamal Crawford, but I don't remember the last time he was actually in Minnesota. What's I it? thought he was in Minnesota not too long ago, though. I thought that was like two years ago. Okay. Okay. So they did. So it was recent history. I think so. I think. Yeah. I think I'm willing to. Yeah, I'm. I'm willing to bet that. I thought I saw him in one of the newer jerseys. Definitely but... not the Prince jersey, though. Oh yeah, purple rains. No, but uh, I. I don't know. I thought it would have happened a lot sooner than it did. That. That's just my opinion. Yo, really quick off off the topic while we're just talking about jerseys, um, you know, you um, is there any jerseys? No, I was gonna bring up uh, your problems with the LA Galaxy jerseys. Oh, um, like uh, certain sponsorships? Yeah, no, yeah, and I just wanted to bring up that I I feel exactly the same way. Trust me. Uh, yeah, so currently the NBA, the only team that's left unsponsored is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, there are certain logos that are on uh, jerseys that I don't mind, such as the GE logo that's on well, yeah, the Boston that's Celtics ours. one. As long as it's the, the white imprint on the green green top, 
those are those I think are really nice. Yeah. Um, but who wants to wear Wish on their Lakers jerseys? And I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm pretty sure uh, replicas or uh, fan bought ones, the ones in stores, they don't really have uh, they don't have the advertising on there. But it's still off putting, and it's just a very uh, it's to me. It just, it just stands out like uh, the Warriors jerseys, uh, the the Black City jerseys. Those are those are fairly nice, I think. Yeah. See Rackerton all over it. Looks out of place. Yeah, well, I mean, Rackerton is is slowly gaining followership in the sports world. Obviously, once they became sponsor, uh, sponsors with Barca. Uh, but, no longer with them anymore. But that's who? more cure there. Rackinson. With Barca? Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah, who, yeah, was, yeah. Who, who are they with prior that I'm thinking? That I wouldn't wear? Quitar. Quitar yeah. Airways. Oh, with yep. Quitar Airways. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. For we'll some reason, I was thinking that. Okay. We'll wear a kit with Quitar Airways. Okay, yeah, and I won't I won't wear a kit with uh, with Purple Life, which is what... Uh, what the, the galaxy are. wear? Yeah, I, yep. you know what? I didn't. I didn't even know. I didn't. Even, I've never even heard. I had never even heard of them before. Like I, I knew who they were from the galaxy kits, but I just never thought to look into what they were as a company. Yeah, I mean, I'll, if if I had another like another company, I wouldn't have on my jersey. It would probably be uh, Nestle. <laughs> you should. You should. Yeah. You should. But you. Yeah. But I feel the same way about Qatar. I would, I would, yeah, fair is, is, man. And that, that's fair. I mean, I, I just, I personally don't like, uh, don't like advertisements on jerseys at all. Um, it, it's the same for, uh, for soccer. And that's why I like the World Cup so much because they, they usually have their own jerseys. And I, I think that's nice. Uh, you didn't watch this year's World Cup, did you? Uh, I I didn't have the chance because I was watching so much. <laughs> yeah, but I know I, I know about eight years ago that uh, Portugal had some awesome looking jerseys. I was gonna say because that that definitely wasn't true uh, last year. There were definitely uh, some sponsors on kids. Was was there something on uh, Argentina? Uh, besides a walking L, no. Besides <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain. Oh. Oh boy! Well, let's get off that topic. All right, so uh, let's go into our uh, our final thing here. Um, what about ESPN power rankings? ESPN power rankings. Number one, Mil- yep. Number one, Milwaukee. Number two, Golden State. Number three, OKC. Uh, no, no, no. Number three, no. Toronto. <laughs> number four, Denver. Number five, Indiana. Number six, Houston. Number seven, OKC. Number eight, Philadelphia. Number nine, Boston. And number ten, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, um, first off, my my thought on that list is I think the Rockets have a case to being the fourth one in place of uh, the Pacers. There's yeah. just so much, they're just on such a hot streak right now. But it is I mean, are, are, is it only about hot streaks? No, definitely not. And I don't get me wrong; I think the Pacers are doing. A great job, but just 
right now, uh, as in like right now, the week-to-week power rankings go, I would take the Rockets over uh, Indiana. Is that the only problem yeah. you have with this list? Because I, I thought we were pretty low. I expected us to see us like six or seven. Not gonna uh, lie. The Celtics? Yeah. I'd have no problem with that. I think the Thunder have been uh, from watching guys the have... previous few games. I feel like we've, uh, we've just dipped a little a bit. Just yeah, just a, a little, little bit. A little. Oh my gosh, you must not have seen all the games. I, I give you know it's a it's a long season. We, I give teams benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I do as well. But the thing about this is, the Paul George playing like an invincible madman. That's kind of shielding a lot of problems that we're having. It's like one of those things uh, when you're winning, everything is solved, but then when you're losing, everything starts coming out. And that, that's how I feel about the situation right here, what people don't see. There you are still a lot of bad plays being called. You don't have to say that to me. I'm a Barca fan. I understand. I understand <laughs> the winning masks, a lot of stuff, and uh, bad coaching can, can just – uh, it could ruin. It could ruin a game that can uh, cost you everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Spurs. It's nice to see them back out there. With how badly oh, they yeah. were doing earlier in the season, everyone was super quick to say, you know, is this is this pops last year? Is he done? Is is this it? You know, is he gonna uh, lose? Are they gonna break the playoff streak that they've had for like twenty years? Um, and they're right back on it, aren't they? Yes, they are. Now, that that brings up this dilemma, though. Who in the Western Conference is getting out? (laughs) Who's not making it? Who's going to be borderline? I think the Kings are going to be borderline. I don't think they're – I don't think they're going to make it. I think they're going to be borderline. The Kings? I hope hope they just – I hope they lose every game for the rest of the season. (laughs) I think the Kings are actually really fun to watch, even though they blew us out twice. Oh I, oh, I have no problem with them. I just want a better pick for the Celtics. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys on their pick? Yeah, I want them and I want Memphis to just lose every game for the rest of the year. Just tank. Oh, man. You guys own Memphis' pick as well? Yeah. Is that, uh, is that uh, the uh, when Danny Ainge fleeced a few people here and there? Yeah. I think right now I think we have four – we would have four picks in the first round. Wow, uh, that's insane. But it looks like Memphis is starting to lose traction. Though. So you might you might have at least one very good pick or one decent pick. Oh, right now, would, pick. right now we would have the number nine pick, the number 16 pick, the number 30 pick, and I can't remember the last one. But, yeah, I we definitely – I don't know. So, yeah, like one – getting drafted one through five isn't always guaranteed anymore. I mean, we've seen the last couple drafts, uh, the last few drafts, rather, that there have been uh, some low marks met. Um, so, that, I mean, just look at the, the the year that Isaiah Thomas was drafted. He was, what, 60th? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think you could find talent in the second round if you just look for it well enough. There's talent everywhere. It's just about you know the right situations for each player. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I guess we're approaching we're 
approaching that time frame. Um, so do you have anything else you want to want to say? Um, you know, we, we usually do soccer on our NBA episodes, but there really hasn't been too much soccer. You know, a lot of the leagues are just coming back from breaks. And um, Premier League is the only league that goes through Christmas, so a lot of a lot of leagues are just coming back. But um, it's it's crazy to see how bad Real Madrid are dropping, and it's not just because of Cristiano Ronaldo, because they were like this last year, even with him. But man, I, I mean, <laughs> Leo Messi and Luis Suarez together have more goals than that team. Than Real Madrid, and that's a team with Kareem Benzema. That's a Kareem, that's a team with Isco. That's a team with Marcelo. That's a team with Gareth Bale. Um, Luka Modric. That, that, yes, yes, the the best player in the world. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, in, in apparently last year, Messi was the fifth best player in the world, while a nineteen-year-old was higher than him. That's all I really got to say. All right. Well, I got nothing else to say besides uh, hope everybody has a good rest of the day, rest of the week. uh, And we'll be doing our NFL slash football one shortly. So be on the lookout for that. All right. With that said, we're logging off.